What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Live. I'm Jude. That's Ethan. We're here to talk some Spurs basketball today. Unfortunately, a tough loss for the Spurs last night, Ethan. It's the late night week. So for those of you who weren't able to catch up with the game last night, we're the place for you here this week. We'll be here back Friday to recap the doubleheader in L.A. But just talking about this one, Ethan, I stayed up late. I did not watch the fourth quarter because I knew at the end of the third quarter that it was going to be over. And I went and got some food right around that time. I wrote it down. They went on an 18 to two run to end the third quarter. It might have even been more than that. But when I left, <laughs> that's what it was at. And before that, on the broadcast, they were like, it's a 16 to two run. And then they scored again. Um, And that was really just like the exclamation point on the end of that run that I think really put the Spurs to bed last night was Dame hitting step backs from 32 feet. And before that, he was pulling up from 30. And it's like when that happens and then on top of that, you were already on like a 12 to 2 run. I mean, that really just stamps the momentum in your favor. And that's that's one way to, you know, put a team to bed, if you will, going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. You said it best. I mean, I, I was able to watch the first two and a half quarters before I went to sleep. So I saw all the good stuff. We were talking mm-hmm. about it beforehand. <laughs> I mean, really, there wasn't that much bad stuff mm-hmm. per se. Like, right. like how you said it, it was really Dame Lillard who went seven of 11 shooting, you know, from 30 plus feet. Simons went four for seven. Shaden Sharp went three for four and Nasir Little went two for two. Like when those guys are shooting that well, you know, I don't care how great your defense is. That's just one of those nights you got to shake their hands. Say, y- y'all, y'all made shots. Like, because it really, it looked like our rotations were solid. Our, our communication was pretty good. And in that, those first two and a half quarters, we were pretty much neck and neck with them the entire way. It was a way. track meet. It was a tie game, 74 to 74. It was. And I didn't feel like either team was necessarily playing bad defense either. It just felt like we were both shooting pretty well, you know, running our sets um, with precision. It, it, we looked fluid. Trey Jones looked good facilitating. Keldon had 20. Sohan went two for two from three-point land. So there were a lot of positives. Branham came in be doing Malachi things. Uh, same with Jay Rich, who had 11. And then Doug couldn't miss three for three from three-point land. Like, it, it was just, you know, a really solid game overall. Uh, but when you got guys on the other side just making crazy shots, there's there's just not much you can do about it. Yeah, when you when you look at the lineup, I mean it's just it's just pretty clear. Like we have Jakob, that's really all, the only veteran on the team, if you want to say by NBA standards. Sure, you could say Keldon is kind of, and and Trey they've been playing, but like you know this is Trey's first year starting, and this is Keldon's second year starting. Where mm-hmm. if you look at the Blazers starting lineup, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic, Dane Lillard, and Fernie Simons, and, and Josh Hart, and just talking a little bit more about the Blazers. Obviously, we got to see a lot of Drew Eubanks, who we know and love. Still got his poster up here. Um, Plus and nineteen, he, and he's just developed. I mean, he's gotten even better in Portland. He's the perfect bench big for them. And it was so funny. I don't know if I texted you this. It might have been somebody else. But I was watching the Blazers broadcast, and literally their broadcast was saying they were like unique special (laughs) when talking about him and i was like i love it like we're being a little bit over the top here but this is great i'm here for it but it was just so funny like it was so serious like the way that they were saying it i couldn't believe i was like they're really out here saying that drew is like an elite talent like it was just it was just funny because it's true obviously he's definitely carved out a path in the league and a role on that team and like i said is a great uh very serviceable backup center in the league um but Mm -hmm. then when you count in shaden sharp who's 19 shoots eight for 12 has just elite athleticism on top of going three for four from three like when you're and you come into the league with elite athleticism and you're a great shooter 
And then on top of that, you're a guard. Like it, he is definitely looking like, obviously you've got Anthony Simons there who is also just developed in, into a, a bucket getter um, automatically. He was plus 15 last night on 26. Didn't really do much other than that, but it didn't matter because he was just supposed to be that off ball shooter. Um, you know, when you have those two guys, like the Blazers are going to be a problem even after Dame is gone. Obviously, they're going to have to figure some things out, but that is going to be a very good backcourt in like four years. Yeah, man, I'm I'm obviously, you know, I've been super high on the Blazers. I'm surprised mm-hmm. they're only 22 and 25. I've only watched a handful of games, but mm-hmm. the amount of talent and and also veteran leadership they have on this squad like they should be better than this. I can't figure out what it is. Maybe they just haven't put it all together. Their chemistry might mm-hmm. be off. But you got, like you said, Eubanks coming in off the bench, doing all the dirty work necessary. Uh, Gary Payton the second just came back, so he's a very you quality about him. You know, defender in the backcourt next to either Dame Lillard, Simons, or Shaden Sharp. He really hides any of their deficiencies. They have the youth, they have the athleticism, they have the shooting. And they have they have wings. The West depth. is just such a gauntlet, dude. Like I feel like this this team would probably be better in the East. Obviously, the East has got some good teams this year too. But the fact like, that this team is twenty two and twenty five, like I feel like four years ago they're like a five seed. But the parity is just yeah. so different now. Dame Lillard, top five point guard. Simons, one of the best young players. Same with Sharp. Dude. Nurkic, top ten center. Jeremy Grant top 10 three and d guy like they have so much talent i I can't figure out why they can't it it just does come down to what you said the west is just stacked uh but i i felt like we held our own for the most part of the night yep um like i said really really until the end of the third quarter we were neck and neck with them it's it's really disappointing i i I mean at the end of the day we're happy (laughs) right (laughs) but i feel bad for them you know because (laughs) like to, to to have such a great night as far as like minimal mistakes mm-hmm. and execution to also then lose in the manner that you did, it's got to hurt their confidence a little bit. I hope they just shake it off, go into the next game tomorrow night and are able to continue in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, even though this one, when you look at the score, it's a 20 point blowout. If you watch it, it's really kind of what after just going when we did that live a while back we were just like what do we want to see for like the rest of the season or going into 2023 and it was just being competitive in these games for you know the majority of the game Mm, so they're doing that obviously you know outmatched and just out (laughs) out experienced like you can go down the list uh and that's most teams whenever the spurs are playing against anybody this year those are kind of unless it's like the rockets or the hornets like that's usually going to be the case Mm, um But yeah, uh, our man Nick is in the comments, though, Ethan. He says Nurk is not a top 10 center, Mm. all cap. I don't know. Well, maybe. Let me think. I kind of tend to agree with him here. I understand, like, Nurk is very versatile. But there's probably, like, if you go down the list, you could probably find... Let's see, Jokic, Embiid. Are we going to classify AD as a center? Yeah, for... uh, He basically plays center, right? Yeah, pretty much. AD, Bam, that's four... DeMontis, Sabonis, that's five. I feel like Jared I'm Allen. forgetting. Yeah, I'm forgetting people. I already know it. Do you think he's better than Jakob? I mean, it's a toss-up. I think offensively he might be a little bit better than Jakob. He's but better than Jakob. He's, he's better than Jakob. DeAndre Ayton? Is he better than DeAndre Ayton? I guess that's an interesting question this year just because of, you know, with D-Book being out, the Suns have had their struggles too. 
Yeah. But I see JJJ as a power forward. I guess if you yeah. cl- if you classify him as a center, then maybe. Our man Rain says Aiton. Miles Turner, I would say I'd say Nurk's a little Who bit better than Miles Turner. I, there's always old Rudy Gobert, but I don't think he's better. I think Tur- Nurk is Rudy, better than Rudy Gobert personally. At, yeah, at, at this point, Rudy's kind of just like Jakob. Valanciunas, I would that, say that's, yes. That's he's somebody better. I was forgetting. Yeah, yeah. KP, Kristaps Porzingis, is he a power forward still or is he a center now? I guess it depends on what. Well, shoot, where are we putting Laurie? He's. I'd put him as a power forward personally. Yeah, I would. They play him, but he he definitely plays center. But I would I would put him as a four too. I'd um, say he's better than Vooch. I'd say he's better okay. than Clint Capella. Hmm. Who's I just Robert say? Robert Williams? Here's the real question: Is he better than Walker Kessler though? Oh, <laughs> that's he's had a he's had a really good stretch here. Oh my gosh! Did you see? Um, what was I going to say? It was. The Jazz, they have two players on their roster that they consider untouchable. And it's like reasonable, like when you look at it this year. But like if you would have told me going into the year at by the trade deadline, the Jazz's two untouchable players are gonna be Walker Kessler and Larry Markinen, I would have told you you were crazy. <laughs> yeah, dude, they fleeced, they fleeced <laughs> the Minnesota yeah. Timberwolves. Oh bad. my gosh. They knew. They knew it was time to blow it up. And and shout out to the Cavs, because that was just a trade that worked out both. Uh, or both worked ways, out great yeah. for both teams yeah yeah eric asks if nurkic is better than steven adams i would say yes just because yeah. he can stretch the floor because they're both bangers other than that yeah, i'd know, say yes they as use their well. physicality a lot but he's but just, i, I think shoot. steven steven adams plays his role probably the the best out of any other player in the nba as far as like, what is your role? What do you do best? He does it better than anybody. As far as being a, a T Wolves are in poverty. Like oh Stephen Adams is, gosh. I think the maybe the best pick and roll partner. Just pick and roll, not pick and mm-hmm. pop. Like like obviously AD Giannis, but Stephen Adams gets his guys open shots and and easy assists, drop off passes better. He's than the anybody. perfect player for the Grizzlies. Yes, with the way they space the floor. Percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on last night? I know we basically covered it for the most part, but, oh, I guess Zach, Zach had a really mm, good first half and then just kind of, kind of disappeared a little bit in the second half. He tried to, he basically was taking the same shots he was taking in the first half for his first two shots of the second half, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. they didn't drop. And I think after that kind of his confidence was down a little bit. Um, and that's, that kind of coincided of when the trailblazers started to pull away. Cause just looking at the numbers, I guess, to, to give you guys a, a more, just like a clear representative last night. So this, the first quarter, it was Portland 40, San Antonio 38, the second quarter, San Antonio 36, Portland 34. So that's why you had the tie at halftime. And then in the third quarter, it's 45 to 27 Portland over San Antonio. And that was really, that was the difference right there. Mm. <laughs> you know but if, if, to go on a positive sohan played phenomenal mm-hmm. yes i'm so glad you said that because i that 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 actually was like i have some game notes and mm-hmm. that was the thing that like i wrote down the thing that if one thing stood out the most to me in last night's game it was jeremy sohan offensively i mean and defensively too but yeah it was it was one of his better games of the season for sure i think i saw a stat in the first like 25 games or something he averaged what seven and four and like two assists on 41 percent shooting 17 percent from three like 45 from the line and then the past 10 games 15 games since since changing to the one-handed free throw whatever that is he's averaged 11 like five boards four assists on 49 uh 
33 and like 71, something mm-hmm. like that. I might get the numbers slightly wrong, plus or minus, whatever. But, but it, he, uh, yeah, he's turned it around offensively. He's finally feeling more comfortable. I think changing that one-handed free throw has pulled his elbow in, um, both on the free throw line and just taking jump shots in general. And I see him looking for his shot a little bit more finally. I know he'll occasionally miss like a turnaround fadeaway jumper, and you're like, well, what, what was that? But I'm, I'm happy with him taking those shots. He took a hook shot last night, like a classic post-up hook over Nurk, I'm pretty sure. So, like, him looking for his shot more, to me, is a huge plus. Because yeah. at the beginning of the season, I think we were all a little bit afraid because of what happened to Ben Simmons and other guys. When, when they're not hitting their shots early on, they just like, okay, I'm not going to shoot anymore. Like, I'm fed up with it. But he has continued to shoot. So that just shows me his And it's mentality. gotten better. It's gotten Specifically, better. at least from deep. Like, the, mm-hmm. the two shots he made last night, I know it's just two threes. But if you go watch those, the rotation on the ball, the way it landed like in the hoop, like it, it definitely improvement shoot. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Wise for Sohan in season, which we can go back to earlier in the year. You can run the tape back where I was referencing, you know, Sean was saying, Sean and Sean Elliott is who I'm referencing. He was saying that, you know, it's really tough to like improve a shot and change a shot yeah. during the season. And while it's not completely different, you can tell that there's definitely been some tweaks, um, which is just really positive signs going forward because if he can get a consistent jumper down, he is going to be a dangerous, versatile player. You know, there's a pope from or a, a, a pope, a, a quote from Pop uh, before the game last night that I sent you on Twitter, and he was just talking about how he believes Sohan can guard one through five. You know, can distribute. Um, we, he's obviously made the point guard mm-hmm. comments. You know, earlier in the year, so there's a lot of belief in him. And as the season's gone on, you know, I, I can really see it. Obviously, we're biased being Spurs fans, but at the same time, we, we've definitely seen his development throughout the year. I continue to be excited to eventually see him, Malachi, and Blake Wesley on the court together because I think everyone's mm-hmm. forgotten about Blake Wesley. I know he only had, like, what, three games under his belt before he got injured, but he yep. looked great. Yep. And he's finally starting to get a little bit of a groove in the G League. I know he's still a little bit inefficient, maybe a little turnover prone, but we knew these were going to be issues when we drafted him as high as we did. Uh, but I'm really excited about his upside. And then Malachi has also come along slowly, looking more comfortable as well, aggressive, getting to the basket, which is a change of things. He's not settling as much for that mid-range jumper, even though that still is something that is in his wheelhouse. Um, He just looks also on another level than he did at the beginning of the season. So super exciting three young players that we can eventually put next to Keldon and Devin, who hasn't even been playing. Like I forget that we're, we're still being competitive there's a lot of games we would win with him in, theoretically. theoretically. Hopefully. So. Yep. Well, while you were talking about Blake Wesley, I went ahead and checked out the last Austin Spurs mm. game where the Ontario Clippers, Ethan, they got their revenge. They, they beat the Austin Spurs 115-82. to 82. Um, In Cedar Park, rivalry for sure. Yeah, you know, Kawhi called mm. him up and he, he was like, hey, we lost that. We, we need to be undefeated mm-hmm. against these guys at all levels. Um, yeah, their whole roster went crazy, but 
in spite of the Spurs not having a good game, there were some good things we saw from Blake Wesley and Dominic Barlow. More Dominic Barlow than Blake Wesley. The only thing with Blake is just five for 17. That's the inefficiency we've talked about. He found a way to get to the line a couple times, ended up with 14. Um, didn't distribute very much, had two steals, did shoot one for two from three. So with him, it's just efficiency, but still found a way to to get up to around 15 points, even on a bad shooting night. But Dominic Barlow continues to go for two from three, but nine for 14 overall, had 18, five boards and uh, an assist. So love to see that from Dominic Barlow. And, and just with these impending trades and Eric talks about it a little bit here. You know, when you were talking about those three young guys, hopefully after the deadline, I wonder if Dom Barlow, you know, because he's kind of a forgotten rookie. I wonder if he gets some minutes kind of at the end of the year. That's kind of what I was anticipating, Mm. but it's kind of coinciding now with not only just the tank, but with his progression in the G League to where it's like you can actually put him on the floor. Um, But I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the trade deadline because it's like we still have so many fours like Roby's still on the roster. And it's like at that point, Pop's probably like, let's just give minutes to him and let Barlow continue to develop in the G League. I think we definitely will see at least, you know, some spot minutes from him on, on the NBA roster after the deadline. But I don't know if it's like as much as maybe we we would like just because of kind of the log jam at the four. Yeah, and KBD, <laughs> and right? Stanley Johnson. Yep, like, exactly. Yeah, I just don't know. <laughs> I'd I'd love to see him on the floor, but I have no Me problem too. with him continuing in Austin. It really, you know, it's no big deal. But in terms of Blake Wesley, I think we will definitely see mm-hmm. him after the deadline for sure. And I think his production will actually go up when he gets to the mm-hmm. NBA. Maybe not production, but his inefficiency will go down because of that leash of like this game has more weight to it. Coach Popovich is on the sideline rather than whoever the G League coach is. So if I mess up or if I throw the ball away, you know, that, that has a little bit more like uh, stakes to it. So uh-huh. Spurs 49 and 33. Was that We're winning out even. Yeah, by the end oh. of the year. <laughs> no. Maybe, sure. I, I, like the, I like the way you're thinking, Rain. I like the way you're thinking from this point on. Uh, but, but let's talk about the deadline because we've had a few yes. trade rumors going around. There's some, some three-team deals rumored with a mystery team involved with us and the Raptors, apparently, um, where we would be giving them Jakob Pertle, obviously getting some kind of draft capital back. And Gary Trent's involved. Not sure mm-hmm. if he's coming back to San Antonio or going to the mystery third team. Yeah. Um, but evidently, we are shopping Jakob Pertle. So that's news. Well, and also the thing about that three-team trade specifically, the reason why they're having to get another team involved is to compensate the Spurs with two first-round draft picks. So the Mm. fact that like that might be a possibility, you know, we were talking about that and we were thinking, eh, that's probably not going to work, even though that's what they were demanding. Um, If they can end up pulling it off in a three-team trade where like, you know, somebody gets Gary Trent and that first-round pick Mm. goes to us um, where we get the two, great i didn't even think of that as a possibility but i should have like now that that's being discussed it's like that's yeah. probably the most realistic way we're able to get two first rounders i'm curious somebody mentioned it in a comment earlier does that three-team deal also include either or or and or <laughs> whatever it is J- uh, josh richardson and doug mcdermott as mm-hmm. well um I think that that yeah, so that was H to the Dizzle we, or Hizzle. Mm. <laughs> we have, we we appreciate you, my guy. I saw the other comment as well, um, and he was talking about Lakers rumors. But regardless, mm. uh, that could still potentially be in, in this trade as well. We know that the three most tradable guys on the team 
are our three vets, which are Jakob, Jay Rich, and, and Doug. With Doug playing the way he's been playing the past couple of games, he's finally oh gosh. last night. Vets. Yeah, three for three from three point land, and, and one was in people's faces too. Yeah, right. Off shots, moving mm-hmm. off screens, not just like standing in the corner, which is the kind yeah. of shots he'd get if he were to play with I don't know LeBron James, maybe I don't know, <laughs> just anybody. Yeah, <laughs> anybody, anybody with star power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, like like we were just saying, those are the three guys that it seems are the most involved. Um, but yeah, especially if we're going to, if if Jay Rich and McDermott are, if, if like that Westbrook trade comes to fruition, I don't think that it necessarily will, but I did see today on Twitter, like, and I know how that can be. We'll, we'll see how true it is. But at the same time, this is something that's kind of been, you know, festering even in the off season there were conversations about this and it was like the spurs were still having conversations about this and it's still kind of interesting to me because he's like playing really well as their six man right now mm-hmm. i mean i get you want to get out of the cap situation that they're in and yeah. that and they're not going to win the championship this year anyway so i do if, if you're playing long term and trying to like build the best roster around lebron and ad for next year I understand it there, which the more I think about it, that's probably what they're doing. Um, but I definitely, if we're including like Jay Rich or Doug, like one of the other, um, then I think like the first round pit, two first round picks thing is very like justified. If it's just Jakob, I can understand, like it's great that it looks like we're figuring out a way to potentially do that. But if it's those guys, then I I totally understand. If it's Jakob and Doug or Jakob and, and Jay Rich or all three, then, then I definitely agree I'd want to. And I feel like that would be reasonable. I'm curious if we would buy out Russ or not, because yeah. he's made it very clear that he doesn't want to be bought out. I know that's only maybe something that he's saying so he doesn't get traded. Uh, but, but like, does he want to play in San Antonio? That's I don't think thing. he does. Yeah, but, not on this ma- team. But maybe he would, because the big complaint with Russ is that he doesn't care about winning. He just cares about getting his stats. So this would be a perfect place for him to just get <laughs> stats and lose. Right. So we do need another guard. We need a point guard technically right <laughs> uh, now. Right. But like, then he'd take minutes away from Wesley. Yeah. And if that's in yeah. the plans, which is what we were talking about, then the, I think that the buyout becomes more realistic. I know, mm-hmm. like you were saying, I guess there's some, I haven't seen that, but that would make sense just knowing Russ. Um, but I think that, yeah, with Blake Wesley looming, I, I feel like if we trade for him, we're going to buy him out. I find it also just very difficult to believe that they are going to trade him because of how well he's yeah, been playing. I don't think that happens. He, he's on a six-man-of-the-year candidate. So, like, he, he's on a, another tear right now. And if uh-huh. they can find a way to get... Now now I feel like I'm the Lakers GM. If, if they can find a way to get Jay Rich and or Doug McDermott and keep Russell Westbrook at the same time, that's a huge win. Now they'd probably have to definitely give up that first that they've been holding on to. Um, and we'd only get one first for the both of them. I'd be totally fine with that. But that would really round out their roster because I'm a huge fan of their Rui Hachimura acquisition. I think he has a lot of I upside. Like that too. He's a, he's a six nine big. He can play three or four. Basically, uh, he can guard. I don't know about ones, but two through four for the most part. And he's a knockdown shooter. Um, and he's only twenty three. So and this is the most talent he'll ever have had around him. One thousand percent. So his job should be the easiest. It should. I mean, it's still the Lakers, but like still. Yeah. There's really nobody in front of him either. I mean, LeBron's Mm kind of playing the four right now, but he really wants to be playing three. When AD gets back, will they play AD at the four with Mm -hmm. Thomas Bryant at the five and then bring him in off the bench with Russ to kind of be that dynamic duo, maybe pick and roll partner? Who knows? 
Uh, but the Lakers hope. I mean, I'm kind of a Lakers fan. I hope to. I hate to break it to everybody else, <laughs> but I hate. I'm not a fan of LeBron James, but. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully we're able to get a first from them if we can. Speaking of that, we play them tomorrow. Um, so I'll be mm-hmm. up late for that, watching, seeing what happens there, watching LeBron probably go crazy. Um, Rui drop 30. <laughs> right. Rui, Rui, uh, just complete explosion game. Mm-hmm. One of the many Kawhi Leonard comparisons on draft night, by the way. <laughs> That's crazy to think yeah. about. Um, God bless him. I hope it reaches his potential, but that's just wild looking back on it. But when you were talking about the Lakers, the more I was thinking about if we do end up making a deal with them, I think Jay Rich is more likely than Doug. If they I think keep so too. Russ, just because he's his contract is half the price of, of Doug's. Do, the Lakers don't have any seconds anymore, though, right? They gave them all up. Pretty I'm sure they know. gave them all away. <laughs> probably. Really, because there was also a rumor going around that the Spurs are – they they – cut their price for Jay Rich down to two second round picks mm-hmm. uh, rather than, I think they were trying to get one for him, but now it's just two seconds, which I think is way more likely, but I don't know if the Lakers even have two seconds at this point. They've been just <laughs> dishing out their picks right and left. Three team trade. <laughs> get the picks from go. somewhere. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Any, any other thoughts on, on the trade deadline and maybe some other potential things in, in Spurs world, Ethan? <sighs> It's going to be an exciting couple of weeks, next couple of weeks. Um, I, every time I hear a, a Woj bomb go off, my heart stops a little bit looking for the like Spurs <laughs> at the first couple of words. You know, like, Hey, man, Ooh. after Derek last year, we believe yeah. it's possible. It's like now we're expecting it. I think something will weird. go down. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll if make all a three, move. Yeah, we'll make something happen. Somebody will be moved. I don't know. One of the three vets for sure. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see, Ethan. Well, any final thoughts on this episode before we wrap up this SSPN Live? Go Spurs, go. Let's keep losing, but keeping it entertaining <laughs> and competitive. Wembenyama odds up every L. Mm. Just remember that. Or Scoot, or Eamon Thompson. Lots yeah. of talented players. Watch a little bit of college basketball when you get a chance. I know it's hard, but like, if there's a top player on, like, <laughs> just, just try to hard. tune in. Like, tune in. Even though Keontae George didn't have a good game last night, but like, ideally... You know, Kansas Baylor, there's some talent there. You know, yeah, it, it'll give you something to do sometimes. We appreciate y'all. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you enjoyed the content. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. You can watch the show there, uh, but you can also watch and hang out in the comments with us on here at SSPN on YT at Jude McLaren at Ethan underscore Cantero. Um, and that's where you can. <laughs> Are you mad that I messed up? No, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> It's it's okay. It just it just hurts. You're you're not mad. You're just disappointed. Exactly. You get it. Right. Right. But you can, if you follow Ethan and myself, you could stay updated with the show. We appreciate y'all. We'll catch y'all in the next one, and we'll see y'all later.